shot first. Come on, grab your friends. We're gonna talk about Star Wars and stuff with Connor Oled and Andrew Roman. The fun will never end. Greeter shot first. Hey, Andrew. Yes, Connor. Did you go to the movies recently? I have been to the movies uh, on May third. Ooh, yeah. I was yeah. there April thirtieth, which is pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Now that we know what happened on April 30th, it's not as nice, but still. Uh, I saw Endgame. Yeah. I felt good about it. That's, yeah, I saw it as well. It was, I mean, I, 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 I fear that I'm still in the moment, but like that was just one of the, like the most satisfying, like cathartic, like relieving experiences I've ever had in a theater. You really felt, I mean, it, it had a perfect conclusion, right? Yes, absolutely. But beyond that, like, I mean, just the amount of, just jaw dropping moments and like actual like fist pumps in the air kind of moments. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, there's almost too many to count. I remember there was shots. Yes. Let's put this. I'm not going to say what happened, but essentially there was just moments where I was, I mean, I was seeing it with Eva holding her hand and basically wrecking her wrist because I was shaking it so hard. (laughs) So yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty insane. But to that end, it made me think like, you know, I mean, there's tons of movies I see anymore that just like when you see those moments and it like kind of makes you, you know, it, it is the jaw dropping audience building moment, as you say, like, you know, mm-hmm. we're just like, oh, yeah, here it comes, all that kind of stuff. Like, do you remember anything like that in Star Wars? Sure. I well, mean, I mean, so I guess this is a two, I have a two part answer to this. Sure. Because that's, I know, that's so, shocking. Yeah. What else is new? <laughs> <laughs> um, so first off, I just want to reiterate that, like, they build that into Empire yeah. Like the first time you see Luke, like he has the binoculars up to his face and he takes them down. And it's like, Oh, Luke, my buddy. <laughs> and like the first time that we get a really good glimpse of Han is like when he's on the Tauntaun and like, true. he just like stops dramatically. Um, like, yeah. I think even like Chewie and C-3PO like get similar kind of just, here's a moment with just them on the screen before the scene kind of forms around them picks up. Yeah. Uh, but I think the moment that always gets me that way is when Han and Chewie return during the uh, Death Star trench run. Oh, that is. Oh, that's a perfect a answer. Hope. Yeah, that really is. Cause that, that's it. They save the day. Everything seems lost. You know, just like how, how are we going to get out of this sticky situation? Yep. Yahoo. He comes right in. That's right. That's a perfect answer. Uh, before I give my answer, Uta Puta, everybody, hello, and welcome to Greedo Shoppers. My name is Connor. And I'm Andrew. Yeah, that, that I'm, I don't know why I'm gonna, I can't I'm see. just not going to sing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars, and anything even freaking related to Star Wars, especially just super jaw-dropping moments in these movies. I mean, you don't have to drop your jaw, so to speak, but mm-hmm. like, there are moments where it's just like, oh. <gasps> You know, and I'll tell you what, the most notable one, I think, of recent years, uh, I remember, like, of the first movie, like, the the, the first new movie for this new trilogy, right, Mm -hmm. would have to be the moment when uh, Finn and Kylo are, you know, they're they're fighting at the end with the lightsabers. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like, you're just thinking to yourself, like, how is Finn going to do this? Like, he's not a Jedi, right? He doesn't have the force. Like, he's he's just holding on for dear life. He gets sliced in the back. He's just like, (gasps) oh! And all of a sudden, you see Kylo go for the 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 saber. The saber, yes, sorry. And he's like, you see it moving, and him like, you know, he's frustrated. He's trying to pull it, and all of a sudden, it goes right past him into Ray's hand. Yes. And I do remember there was just a slow yeah. clap, 
yeah. at some point where everyone was just like, oh my God. Yeah. And from that point on, like I remember a lot of people saying that that was like their big moment. Yeah. You yeah. I, I think that was a huge moment for, you know, getting people on board with this trilogy. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, and I've, I've said it before, but like I get all worked up when uh, Ray and Chewie save the day in The Last Jedi. No, that's perfect. By pulling off all the attackers. It's perfect. I don't understand why, like, they were just like, you know, there's only one ship that's actually in the sky. Yeah. Let's all go for it. (laughs) Everybody pull off. I I mean, like, that that whole last battle, like, I mean, it seems hopeless, like, the Mm. way that they're fighting it. Because, I mean, they're fighting with, like, rust buckets. Yeah. So, I mean, mean, there's one point where Poe's foot comes out of the freaking cockpit. You know, it's just like, what the heck? So, but yeah, I mean, I was, it was just making me think about stuff like that. Cause I mean, there's other movies where stuff like that's happened. I brought up the example in our notes, uh, like when Aragon comes out of the boat in Lord of the Rings and in the return of the King, and it's just him running up to the, uh, you know, to the orcs and everything. He's coming off the pirate ship and they're like, it's just one guy. We, we, we can handle one guy. And all of a sudden this green wave of ghosts comes out after him. And it was yeah. so good. It was like, ah, yeah. But I, that is a good one. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I mean, and not to. So, I mean, we won't spoil Endgame for anybody who still course. hasn't seen it. But yeah, uh, but I would even say like in in, in Infinity War, mm-hmm. um, when Thor arrives on the battlefront. With oh, Rocket and, and uh, Groot. The bring me Thanos moment. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, um, I'll, I'll definitely put that up there. And like it, they actually, you know, they do something that they don't do a lot in the Avengers movie. And like they actually, you know, play immigrant song again from led zeppelin it is pretty intense yeah no wait so to get at what i was saying before just like i said in the way of like any moments in star wars i would like the i'll be honest with you like the first one that i thought of was one that happened when i was seeing it in theaters for the first time Mm -hmm. and it was uh yoda versus count dooku (laughs) i know look it's prequels (laughs) i get it i understand but Put yourself in that sh- in in that mindset of an eleven or twelve year old boy or whatever. You know, you're just, you know, you're just so stoked that there's this new Star Wars out and all of a sudden, you know, and all this stuff. Anakin and Obi Wan get their butts kicked by this guy who doesn't show up till the very end, and it's just like, wow, this guy's just super strong. I mean, how are they going to get out of this? And all of a sudden, you just hear the little walking stick coming. And then him and Yoda are just force fighting each other. And all of a sudden, he's like, it's clear our force talents won't be able to solve this. And all of a sudden, he lifts his robe. He uses yeah. the force to bring his blade to him. Yes. And I remember I remember seeing it with my friend for the first time when I was younger and we both were just like, What? <laughs> and it made us both like want to go to Kmart, which was like around the corner, and yeah. buy like the little, you know, Yoda lightsaber and everything. It was cool. Yes. So I, was, I like that moment. That, yeah. That's good. I mean, yeah, it's not and, and going back to yes, that age, <laughs> like that kind of childhood psyche. Yeah. At that time, yeah. I'm just saying, yeah, no, there's there's tons of moments like that. I mean I'm trying to think of anything else, too, where it's like, you know, it comes to save the day or anything like that. But, uh-huh. you know, I think there, I mean, in the way of Last Jedi, besides the Ray and Chewie thing, the only other one I could definitely say is probably what Haldo did. Yes. Uh, because you just, how were they going to get out of it? And mm-hmm. Haldo's like, you know, she just did the suicide run. It was yeah. insane. Yes. So, I don't know. Good stuff. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Uh, but as I was saying before, I, I saw Endgame on the 30th, and of course, that was also the same day that we lost a gentle giant in our Star Wars community. Yes. So we're here to talk about Peter Mayhew today, uh, who has played Chewbacca for the better part of, uh, 
what, four or five decades almost. Yeah, uh, like between 1976 and uh, 19, or 2014. Well, yeah. Because he, he did not reprise at all for Last Jedi. Yeah, he was a consultant for that and yes. Solo. I he, did see that. Yeah, yeah. so he's credited in both movies, but he didn't get into the costume for yeah. either of them. He did get into the costume at least for The Force Awakens, so that yeah. was cool. They, yes. they were able to bring him back one more time like that. Yeah. So... It was nice, but uh, we'll get more into uh, the life and career of Peter Mayhew later on in the show. This is That's the big topic for today. But before we get into that, we have some Star Wars news to get at. Yes. So shall we jump in? Yeah, let's do it. All right. To so start off, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge will have new rules to enforce people lucky enough to get the reservation and an early view. Most notably... The four-hour time limit for guests will be enforced by stormtroopers on site. So, Andrew, when you actually get a chance to go and see the, you know, the park and everything like that, you might want to wear like a stopwatch. Well, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess it was like almost like a semi, uh, like you like kind of outed me without like directly outing me sorry but yes i got a pass I don't, think we, yeah, I don't think we've addressed that since uh that happened because we now, haven't gotten together i know you had brought up that you were going to san diego you were going to try mm-hmm. but it's official now yes so yeah, i mean it is. were you able to just kind of like get in under the wire well so i mean here's kind of what my experience was because i saw this when they in this news article that you're referencing mm-hmm. that they had sold out in two hours it, yeah and i can believe uh, that and so what happened for me was like I logged in right at like one o'clock Eastern Standard Time, mm-hmm. and well, a couple minutes late. I was a little bit late, and so I was a little bit nervous. Um, but so I just had to sit there for about an hour. Fair enough. Um, and then it was like every five or ten minutes or so, it seemed like the like my screen would refresh as though it was like inviting a whole new group in. And yeah, then they could make their reservations, and then um, you simple. Know, but, yeah, but so I was able to get mine. Uh, I will say that like when I was, you know, an hour in really the only thing that was totally booked up was like the first week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was a lot of, you know, there was like kind of increasing availability as you went down the, the list a little bit further. And since I'm going on one of the last days, it kind of made it easier. Yeah. Well, so. I, I am personally happy that you're able to get in there. Mm-hmm. You have become our de facto field reporter. Yes. So, I mean, look. <laughs> I'm going to give all the praise to Andrew right now. He is, this is his, you know, this is his baby more than anything else. <laughs> and uh, it, it wouldn't be possible without you. So you're a field reporter, editor, co, you know, co-host. I don't know what the hell else, you know, <laughs> we're both co-hosts. Yes. I don't, I don't, I don't, well, we you are know, equal co-hosts, equal co-hosts to Even each other. I, I always put you, I list you first. I know. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, and it is my website, but that's not, that's <laughs> literally neither here nor there. I know, I know, but I'm just saying, like, none of this would be wouldn't be possible without you. So, if anything, I'm just excited to hear what you have to say. Yeah. When the time comes around, because you're thinking what it was like June 20th or something like yes, that. I'll be there on June 20th. Confirmed mm-hmm. now. So, confirmed. Uh, if anybody wants to be going on June 20th, <laughs> my window is the 11 o'clock to 3 o'clock window. Ooh. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, get at me. Well, uh, so to that end, I think you were talking about this before on our on, like, on our friend chat, like your planned like uh, you know timeline while you're going to be there. Yes, essentially. So you're going to just try and 
enjoy as many nuances as you can. Yes. Within I want like the first two hours. Yeah. So that's probably not a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, think about. I mean, just thinking about how busy it could be, because I can't imagine how many people they're letting in at one time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I mean, do, have they ever stated a cap? No. I mean, I'm. I do wonder if it's going to be a pretty low cap that. You know, they kind of want people that got these early access passes to, like, have a rich experience and yeah. not just have to wait in an endless line. Exactly, yeah. Um, I mean, the only thing that I do fear <clears throat> is that I've heard, like, with like when they even open sections in Disney World, which is so much bigger than Disneyland, mm-hmm. um, like Toy Story Land and World of Avatar. Yeah. Like, they kind of implemented somewhat similar systems. Yeah. And it would still be, like, you know... Four, yeah, four hours just to like get into Toy Story Land, Ugh. and then you had to deal with all the lines once you were in it. Yeah, um, I mean, I I'll I'll just say this: I I know that I mean, even going from like somewhere like Cedar Point, your yeah. Six Flags or something like that. I've been to you know one or both of them. I can't remember which one, mm-hmm. but you know that just being a primary like you know just big amusement park. Mm-hmm. I remember waiting like an hour and a half just to ride one ride. Yeah. And we might have been there one day and I think we rode three rides because it took at least six yeah. hours to wait in those lines. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I can remember doing that. It's been a really long time since I've been to a place like that. But yeah, you would think that Disney world would have it more streamlined and yeah. figured out. So to that end, I guess when it comes to it, I mean, you have to figure if the park's big enough uh, to make it not like totally, you know, I don't know, undoable. I mean, maybe like a thousand people. No, I don't know if they could do a thousand uh, people at a time. That seems too small almost. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like the the scale of it all, I think is is what's tough to gauge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's you know that's kind of what I'm envisioning though. Like you know, trying to throttle it down from like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many people would be in the park on an average day. Well, I mean, what day of the week is the twentieth? It's a Thursday. Oh. <laughs> God, if you you know if is if is it happened in in April, yeah, forget about it, dude. You would have had the park to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I remember going to. I mean, it was on a band trip, mind you, but like we went to Universal Studios. We had to perform a freaking parade uh-huh. on a Thursday morning. Absolutely nobody in the park was there except for the people who work there. Yeah, and as soon as the parade was done. We had the park to ourselves, man. Yeah. I mean, I know we were just talking about lines and stuff like that, but I rode the Dueling Dragons and the Incredible Hulk, I mean, at least 20 times each. You know, it was yeah. just one of those things where it's like, oh, 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 just jump back in line, jump back yeah. in line. So, yeah, we definitely got, like, you know, spoiled that day. Yeah, and but, that's fair. I mean, I, I would say, though, like, when we were there in, in February, I mean, Universal was a little different. Like, you know, the Harry Potter lines were all kind of out of control. Yeah. Um, and, like, we, we did have, like, the... They call them like express passes or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, but like, it's a little bit different. It's not quite the same as like the Disney Fast Pass system, um, you know. But like those, like the Harry Potter lines were long, and some of like the you know the bigger thrill rides like Hulk, etc., were a little bit longer. Right. But but I would say that otherwise it was pretty pretty low key. That's um, not bad. Yeah. But so I mean, we'll have to see. You know, I, as I say, so to kind of. Uh, put a more concrete pin in that i guess like i'm you know my hope was originally at least before some of this news came out Mm -hmm. um was like okay i'm gonna go there and i'm just gonna do everything like my first couple hours there like go to the lightsaber shop the lightsaber store uh store and shop 
Get yourself a bloody rancor while you're at it. Well, Whatever yeah, it is. And then I'll probably, <laughs> yeah, I want to do the cantina. I would really like to do that. And like, it'll coincide with lunch. I mean, I'm only going to arrive the day beforehand. So like my schedule might be kind of all screwed up. Yeah, fair. Um, but you just want to make sure you're in the park before 11. Like right. even if you're just moseying around for an hour. Yeah. You want to just kind of station yourself like at the very edge of Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. To, to kind of be, <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, I do have to imagine you're going to have to like, you know, get in a line to for get that. In. Yeah. Yeah. Unless maybe they give you your like wristband when you enter the park or something, something like that, maybe. And, I mean that. I think that makes more sense, but well, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean to that end and everything like that with the size of the crowd and all this kind of stuff, and you be only be able to for, be there for four hours at a time. Like I was saying before, at the start of this, they're gonna enforce a uh, you know a essentially just a legion of stormtroopers uh, to come out and. Uh, they're going to know who's been there longer than others based on the color the, of yeah, your band. The, yeah, the wristband color. <laughs> and so, like, if you've been there, you know, four hours and five minutes, they'll <laughs> ask you to leave. Yeah. If you're there four hours and ten minutes, they'll forcibly remove you, essentially. <laughs> they'll give you an escort. Yeah. Is what I've read. Yeah. And so. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, I suspect that there could be some people that will be dressed as stormtroopers, and then there's going to be other people that are just park security that are... Gonna, yeah, most likely. Know, yeah. But so, yeah, because I, I guess I still haven't really fully summarized my whole plan, um, but it's just <laughs> kind of like, yeah, my thought was I'll do that stuff first, and then I'll get in line for the Falcon, like, towards the end of my time in the park, because I'm like, oh, well, they won't kick me out of line. Will they um, though? But they probably will. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. Because you think about yourself, you like say, all right, say you spend the first three hours, yeah, doing everything else, and you sit yourself in. It couldn't take more than an hour. You're telling yourself, and you're there for an hour and five minutes, and it's like, come on, like I can yeah. see the car right there, yeah. like I just let me yeah. go. I mean, there's probably a certain point where they won't care, you know? Yeah. Um. Or or they'll might like. I wonder if they'll even have like. I know they've even talked about having like. Uh, like restroom passes for people oh. that want to wait in line. And I wonder if they'll like, you know, if they'll say, okay, if you got here, you know, more than halfway, like before halfway point of your visit mm-hmm. and you got in line, here's the voucher. You can stay until you've ridden it yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, something could work out of that. I'm sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what I'm hopeful. I guess we'll just have to see how it all goes when I, when I actually get there. All right. But still, I'll, uh, we'll make you a, a greeter shot first, like t-shirt and then underneath field reporter or yes, something like that. That sounds great. <laughs> I will literally be going by myself. So I don't know how, like I would document that necessarily. Oh, uh, you just get a GoPro or not yeah. a GoPro, a, a selfie stick. You yeah. just do the whole thing. Just like coming at you from Hollywood, California or whatever, or yes, Anaheim, Anaheim, California. <laughs> <laughs> I keep messing that up. I'm sorry. That's all right. They're all right. really close. Nah, fair enough. But hey, <laughs> speaking of Calif- or well, speaking of Hollywood. Yes. I I forget when I, I put the notes down. I'm sorry. Well, I <clears> think <throat> you were probably going to talk about there are, thanks to Variety magazine, mm-hmm. Star Wars movies on the calendar again. That was a pretty short break, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, you figure you figure even like optimistically. After this movie, like, if they were only going to do an every other year kind of thing, right? We still wouldn't see one until 2021, but now we just have to wait until 2022, correct? I think that's exactly it. Yeah, because I'm I'm bringing up the list right now. So essentially, what we're talking about is they released the timeline. I mean, for the foreseeable future, maybe almost over a decade. I have to find the very last one to tell you. But now they're trying to work out with all the Fox properties that they've acquired uh, when to actually release it. Yeah, and that's also to bring up that they're. I mean, besides you know uh, 
a bunch of untitled Marvel uh, Marvel projects that they have out there. Yeah. They also have um, Avatar. Yeah. Which I'm like, I still can't believe they're making four more Avatar movies. I just remember thinking like, I don't want any more. Yeah. Unobtainium. Like I am unobtainable <laughs> to this movie. If that makes sense. Like yeah. I don't want this. Yeah. You know. I mean, Pandora, like not to like keep going back to Disney world, <laughs> but like Pandora at Disney world was freaking cool. No, I've heard great things. I mean, but, it's like a 4d experience, right? Well, yeah. The, uh, the flight of passage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, it was one of the most unique riding, like get like ride experiences I've ever had. Um, and just the way that they did the whole land was incredible. Oh, no, I'll believe it. Um, but but at the same time, it's like I, I was talking about this with like my parents and, and Emily, my wife and her brother, Sean, like just saying, like, I do not remember anything about this movie except for Unobtainium. Yeah, it, it, it's just dancing with Smurfs. That's basically yeah. <laughs> it. That's that's the other side of it. <clears throat> but yeah, I just remember thinking to myself, like I saw it like Avatar 2, 3 and 4 or whatever on here. And it's just like, I don't remember anyone asking for this. Well, the whole big deal about Avatar when it first came out, right, was the fact that James Cameron was like, I've had this script. I've been sitting on it for years. But I didn't want to do anything with it until I had the technology to make my vision perfect. Right. And the technology came and went, like, how many years ago? I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, how often do you actually go see a 3D film at this point? Even? No, that's just it. But to that end, like, you think about it, it's like, the CGI is unlike anything else we've ever seen. It's like, have you seen Marvel? <laughs> have you seen, like, Rogue One and all their de-aging and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, just Grand Moff Tarkin alone. Yeah. Like, it's incredible that they were able to pull that off. You know, and it's like, okay, yeah. And then you watch, like, Avatar again, and it's like... It's obvious that it's on a computer. So, I mean, what the heck? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, but, I don't know. <laughs> but to get back at it, uh, we're not talking Avatar. We're talking Star Wars, gang. Uh, all right, so the first untitled uh, Star Wars movie should release in 22. Then it followed two years in 24, and then another two years in 26. Yes. So it's going to go off the same pattern they're going for right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, you think about it, they're going to give it about a three-year gap before the movie actually comes out. Right. So... It'll give you enough time to. I'm sure they're going to be working on more properties and everything like that for Disney Plus. Yeah. Um. You know they've already got Resistance going on. They have Mandalorian coming out. They're working on the uh, Cassian series, and I, I actually just saw something today about a third live action series that they're mm-hmm. supposed to be working on. Now I genuinely don't know anything about this. So <laughs> like we'll it. talk a little more about it, okay. but I mean, regardless, all I'm saying is like when it comes to Star Wars, yeah. They did say something about like, okay, everyone's feeling Star Wars fatigue, so we're gonna give yeah. you know we're gonna Mark take Hamill a break. Said everybody was feeling Star Wars fatigue. I think it was just him, and he was like, eh, yeah, you know. <laughs> I think he's kind of just like, you can't go home again, kind of status. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I think he's he'll be happy. Like it, the Skywalker saga will officially wrap. Yeah, and uh, you know it'll it'll be epic uh, one way or another. But to that end, so these three untitled movies. Yes. Um, I, it has been confirmed that they will be part of the Benioff and Weiss uh, trilogy that they proposed. Well, has it been officially confirmed or is it just strongly alluded to? I want to say strongly alluded to. I don't want to yeah. actually give anyone false hopes, but I've heard more than anything else that, like, you know, since know. there's rumors. I don't know if people will view it as false hope. Well, yeah, point. I guess that that's also true. <laughs> it, they've kind of become public enemy number one at this point. 
Yeah. So no, I, yeah, it's like how do you uh, make Star Wars movies that will be more reviled than the Ryan than this supposed Ryan Johnson trilogy? <laughs> hold my hold our beers. Or yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean obviously. Once again, just for the record, if you're not familiar, I think we both like The Last Jedi. Yeah. I love The Last Jedi. Yes, I like The Last um, Jedi. And I think we also both like Game of Thrones, even this final season. Of course, yeah, because it's completely unexpected. Yes. You know, it's a, it's unexpected that everything you want to happen is is or is not happening, so to speak. So it's like, if you wanted this to happen... Guess what? It did happen. Yeah. If you don't want this to happen, fine. He'll do something completely worse. And yeah. it's like, all right, whatever. Yeah. It's Game of Thrones, man. Yeah, this I, is what happens when you play the Game of Thrones. Well, Sorry. this is, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I honestly don't mean to like get into a lengthy, you know, fan culture debate or whatever. Um, you know, and I think by and large, we've kind of avoided, you know, kind of toxic, talking about the toxic uh, Star Wars fandom yeah, components. You know. Uh, you know, but I think there's just this thing where now in the, the modern age of social media and fan theories running amok. And it's just like, it ruins. Some yeah. People. Like people get it into their heads that, you know, the creators just want to hear what they have to say. And anytime there's even the slightest diversion or the slightest, you know, subversion of expectation. Right. Then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, this is the worst thing in the world. Because it's just like your hopes and dreams either were or were not fulfilled. Like, yeah. it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. you know, it, they're telling a story that they want to tell and you're going to either enjoy it or you're going to completely hate it. Yeah. And at the same time, like you're saying with social media and everything like that, it gives people that much more. It gives them a platform yeah. to express their, you know, their, dis, you know, dis, disagreements and stuff like that or whatever, right. you know. And it's like, you know, you hear everything about The Last Jedi and, you know, some people like it, some people hate it, you know. But the fact at the end of the day, it's still Star Wars and yes. you, you're going to love it. Yeah. I know I loved every moment of that movie. Like, yeah. And I also agree with everyone saying that there are problems with it because what movie doesn't have problems? Right. And yeah, and that that's fair. And, but that's, like, and it, I would extend that kind of to Game of Thrones somewhat. Yeah. You know, it's like I, not every episode this season has been a winner. Yeah, but all, at the same time, if, this, if the show hadn't been doing this kind of stuff, we wouldn't be talking about it. Yes. So it's doing something right. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I, so. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I, um, but yeah, yeah. but I, I think it certainly makes sense that it's going to be Benioff and Weiss doing their series, yeah. whatever it may actually be, if it is Old Republic or if it is going to be just, you know, some further adventure. I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. Like, I, I do want to see Old Republic era. But I mean, we've said it before already that like when it comes to Old Republic, it seems like it was just, you know, 10 years ago when it yeah. comes to technology yeah. and stuff like that. So a lot of people won't even be like phased by it. I don't right. feel like. And I want, I mean, I wonder if they'll kind of screw with that and it'll make other people mad. Ooh, like the diehard, like. Yeah, like, like, a very, like the very vocal minority, if you will. Yeah. Like that are going to be like, whoa, this is not like the Old Republic MMO or KOTOR or. It all began with the Radicans. Is that what it was? Yes. Like they were the first. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the original race. What uh, I knew this answer. Maybe you know it. Uh, who are the who were the species who actually developed the hyperdrive? I believe it was the Radicans. Was it the Radicans? I yeah. could have sworn it was. I mean, it's the... either them or like I think it might be like the Sith. No, the Sith wouldn't have had like a capital on it. I feel like, but I mean, I don't know. I want to say it was. Um, uh, what's the the? I want to say it was the Grand. Like the three-eyed guys. Oh, 
Maybe. Hmm. I could be completely wrong. Yeah. I remember watching something one day and they were saying like this is when, you know, this technology was founded and they were able to actually, tra- you know, traverse the galaxy. Uh-huh. So maybe it was the Radicans. I don't know. Yeah. But I just feel like they did so much of the early building that oh. it, would st- it would stand to reason that they were, it was them. But, yeah. But maybe that's also just misappropriated on my behalf for that reason. Well, yeah. And so to that end, if they want to make, you know, if Benny Weiss do indeed do this trilogy that's coming out and they do something along the lines of old, tril- you know, the old Republic, we've said as much before, there's a lot of ground to work with when you can make it something as epic as Game of Thrones has been. Yeah. When you're talking about different houses and different planets and different just families and, you know, squabbles throughout the galaxy and stuff like that, it could turn into a whole galactic thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think to me, like almost more than that, I just hope that there is a lot of that kind of intrigue and subterfuge, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of that, that long burn, slow burn kind of feel to it. That Uh, burn kind of feel. (laughs) Sorry. That's the last Game of Thrones (laughs) I'll make. All right. Anyways. Um, Yeah. But, you know, I, I just feel like that's, you know, that's where they have been at their best. Yeah. Um, you know, I just think that there's a lot of, room for intrigue within the star wars universe exactly. you know, a lot of times the stories are just kind of black and white good versus evil no real equivalence yeah so it will be interesting to see if they decide to dive even further into that kind of mindset yeah so but yeah i mean that's to me that's obviously huge news again it's like barely any real time off yeah relative to anything else yeah um, like i said you're, you know if you are a star wars nut and you're just jonesing to see some material from this future trilogy you're gonna have plenty to occupy yourself you know yeah yeah so. exactly i mean there's a lot coming out before then so it's not like uh you know it's not like you're gonna be without anything yeah and if you're without anything watch clone wars <laughs> yeah. watch, watch, rebels. watch rebels watch resistance oh my god have, rebels yeah i mean that yeah well, yes. <laughs> I just finished it finally, and I just want to talk your freaking face off about it. Yeah, we'll so. do that. I don't. I mean, maybe next time, maybe not next time. We'll see. We'll see how we want to play it, but yeah. still, all kinds of good. Have a few irons in the fire. Yeah, exactly. We have ideas, so that's all that matters. All right, the last bit of news that I got on here, um, they have announced Journey to the Rise of Skywalker, a new book line. Yes. So uh, they've done the same thing with the past couple of movies with The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens where they'll release a number of tie-in novels and comic books and children's books in general uh, that just relate to the movie in one way or another. Like it could be just little Easter eggs here and there, stuff like that. One of the you know more popular uh, novels to come out of The Force Awakens journey was the Aftermath series. Uh, it originally started off as just a journey to Star Wars kind of deal, turned into its own thing that everyone just kind of loved. And, you know, it was the same thing with The Last Jedi. They were trying to fill a couple holes here and there about different characters and their motivations and whatnot. And so now with this, I mean, there's a couple books that are already, like, they're jumping off that maybe you really want to actually, like, jump at it. Um, in particular, the very first one they bring up is called Star Wars Resistance Reborn. And it's uh, it's written by Rebecca Ronhorse, Rainhorse, Roundhorse. I'm actually not totally sure. <laughs> uh, but Rebecca, thank you for writing this book. I'm just sorry that I messed up your name. Uh, essentially, uh, it's just a short story that uh, it's it follows uh, Poe, Leia, Finn, and Rey while they tried to rebuild the Resistance after the Force, like after uh, the defeat of the hands of the Forced Order at the end of the Last Jedi. So. 
that right there is the kind of stuff that I always want to get from books. Yeah. What happened? You know, like right. the last Jedi ended with everybody on the Millennium Falcon and it's like, well, what happens next? You know, it's the next logical question. Yeah. And so. I'm kind of impressed. Like, I feel like that hasn't been the modus operandi so much for a lot of the new Disney canon books. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times they kind of just want to leave all of the actual story stuff alone yeah so that they could revisit it if they wanted to i mean i guess obviously it's a little bit of a different circumstance if you're going to make leia a main character in this <laughs> uh yeah well so i mean to that end yeah i mean well they're gonna have at least we've already said that there's gonna be a time jump in between these two movies i mean at the at, at the very least it's going to be about a year apart from each other mm-hmm. um and so there, there's plenty to do within a year's time that can <laughs> add to a book or something like that building up resistance or what have you but I mean, <clears throat> I mean to that end, like you know, when it comes to other books, like you were saying, um, just more often than not, the, the past couple books that I've read have been prequel books. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even before that, like I was talking about the aftermath series for Force Awakens, when that came out, it was following after the events of the last or um, Return of the Jedi. Right. So I mean, you never know. You know, it, it's like uh, you know, they could just be playing everything super close to the vest, so no one. Uh, knows, you know, what's going to happen, but they, you know, in the, in the last movie that's going to come out, um, you know, but I'm, I'm sure they're going to drop some obvious like tidbits and Easter eggs here and there and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. but when it comes to kind of like building this world in between, that's where I'm interested in this book in general, because it is like, it is going to follow the new cast of characters. It's not just the novelization of one of the movies. You know, it's actually going to be a separate adventure that involves all these characters that, you know, you're starting to learn more about. And mm. I, that's what makes me excited. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, that definitely piques my interest. But I, uh, what else we got? Oh, so otherwise, <laughs> uh, we also have uh, one called The Force Collector. Uh, it's written by uh, Kevin Shinnick, and it is a young adult novel. It says here, in the journey to Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker young adult novels set just before The Force Awakens, a restless teenager sets out to discover what connection his mysterious Force powers have to the fabled Jedi and what the Force has in store for him. Okay. So, to that end, I mean, if you look at the cover of it, it almost looks like he's just on Jakku, kind of doing the same thing that, uh, you know, um, Rey was doing at the beginning of The Force Awakens. She was just kind of like a junk piler. So uh-huh. I don't know if there's something like, you know, maybe he is another like lost Jedi, you know, youngling or something to that end. I'm not totally sure, but you know, it's kind of cool. I like the fact that he's got a stormtrooper helmet, like on, on his, you know, you could just see, he's just been pick, picking up just junk as he's go, gone yeah. along. He's got a gaffy stick. I was going to say, yeah, a gaffy stick. So he's, he's def it, maybe it is a, it's a tattoo. Tatooine. He's been scuffling. Hmm. He's uh was I, Luke's long lost uh, love child with Cammy. Oh God, <laughs> Cammy was his original love interest, wasn't it? Like yeah, that, like, like was the, that Tashi Station? Yeah, the yeah. like the infamous deleted scenes from A New Hope. Did you? Uh, oh yeah, where yeah. like where he goes, where he does go to Tashi Station, and he runs into Biggs there, and Cammy, and Cammy, and Tank. Tank is the other guy. Yeah, I know he had like a bunch of friends we just yeah. never met. Yeah, I wish, and they, they called him Wormy. <laughs> I wish they would have kept some like interactions between him and Biggs. Well, apparently, anything that has been like any deleted scene that has appeared on a DVD release or whatever, Blu-ray, digital, etc., 
is now considered to be part of the canon. Are we talking the original trilogy or all the trilogies? All, all of them. Really? Yeah. So that means that, um, what's her face? The Togruta woman dies like five separate times. The yeah. Jedi. I can't think of her freaking name. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. Shakti. Yeah. Shakti. She, it's the, oh my God. It is one of the worst. <laughs> One of the worst deleted scenes you've ever seen. And it's like Shakti's being held by General Grievous. This is Revenge of the Sith. Uh-huh. And yeah, I don't know, she says, like, forgive me or something like that in front of Obi-Wan and Anakin. She just gets stabbed right in front of him. And all of a sudden, Obi-Wan and Anakin look at each other and they're like, they start doing baseball signals to each other. And they're like, all right. And he's like, Obi-Wan starts like, you know, smoothing out his mustache and and Anakin's like pulling on his ear and it's like, what are you guys doing? Like you just saw one of your friends die and you're, you know, you're trying to be silly about it. Like it's just, it's not good timing guys. That's pretty good actually. I like that. (laughs) Um, But all right. So that's canon. Cool. I'm good with that. Yeah. That's, that was like something that, that was like one of Disney's first announcements. So they're like subject to change it, I guess. Yeah. Or it might've even been like a very, very late George Lucas announcement or something. Maybe. Um, he still has final say in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's something that I have been, or I, I have learned recently. So like that would be considered part of it. And, uh, I'm trying to think like some of like the un previously unaired shots, like of the Wampa invasion. In, yeah. Uh, Echo base. Oh, in Empire. God. We were just talking about this last time we were together with the games and that. We were talking about the the all of our favorite games, top yeah, five. Yeah. And one of the ones I brought up was the arcade game, and that was one of the things you could do was the yeah. Wampa invasion. Yes. You're just like trying to kill it. Um, real quick, Cammy, mm-hmm. uh, she makes an appearance in the Last Jedi uh, novel. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I did not know that. In the beginning of the novelization for the Last Jedi, it actually follows Old Man Luke. While he's still on Tatooine. Okay. And it's an alternative history. Okay. It's him waking up and like just thinking about his life as a moisture farmer. And like <laughs> and he he's, marries Cammy. He marries Cammy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's his wife. And they have like a nice small farm and everything. And it's all the history of like whenever the stormtroopers finally came to the homestead, they took the robot, the, the droids away. And then uh, Obi-Wan was able to save Luke's life by saying his name is Luke Lars, not Luke uh, Skywalker. He's able to walk off and save the day and all that kind of stuff. And then you hear about like you know Leia's execution and like all of a sudden they destroyed uh, they destroyed Alderaan, they destroyed Moncala, they destroyed Chandrilla, like all the major things of the rebels thinking. And like it's all from like Luke's internal perspective of him just being like, I wonder if things would have been different, you know, had I done something. It was just it was interesting. Yeah, I mean I love hearing stuff like that where it's like you know you just like what no no and all of a sudden it's like. And then he woke. Oh, okay. You know, he's in a cold sweat. He was just having a bad dream. That's all it was. That is... It's intense, I though. I don't know how I feel about that, if I'm being honest. It sounds so bad, right? Yeah, it doesn't I know. sound good. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's always interesting to hear like different perspectives or whatnot. You know, it's, it's stuff like that I, I'm always intrigued by. Sorry if everybody just heard me put a lozenge in my mouth. <laughs> I have, like, just a cough. Laryngitis. Laryngitis. Larry so, Bird-jitis. Yeah, and okay. I was starting to cough more, so I was like, I guess it's time for a fresh cough drop. <laughs> You're all right. Uh, but yeah, to, to finish this out, I mean, there's a whole list of books. I'll, I'll just go through them real quickly. Uh, there's going to be a new uh, Marvel comic called uh, Allegiance. Uh, there's also going to be a couple children's books. 
Star Wars, We Are the Resistance. Also, uh, Resistance Heroes, First Order Villains, uh, A Finn and Poe Adventure. That sounds like fun. Wow, choose your own adventure. That is kind of cool. Uh, Spark of the Resistance, which is a uh, another middle grade novel. That should actually be kind of interesting. Yeah. Because it looks like this will follow uh, or let's see here. Ray. Yeah. When a distress plea goes up from the isolated planet Minfar, uh, Resistance heroes Ray, Poe, and Rose hear the call. Together they will face down a First Order battalion, terrifying creatures, and a weapon that could change the course of the war. Wow. Of the war. Anyways. We also got uh, another slew of uh, IDW publishing uh, Star Wars adventure comics that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, this is always my favorite. The Ultimate Star Wars like uh, uh, guides. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, this is here. It has a forward by Anthony Daniels on it, which is kind of cool. Uh, then the best one yet, The Amazing Sticker Adventures. <laughs> There's a lot here. I know. Jeez. I'm just saying. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> this is one I think we should get. Like, yes. we should just collectively get. The movie-making magic of Star Wars. Ships plus battles. Yeah. Actually, that looks really cool. It's a behind-the-scenes hardcover book. And I'm all about that. I just love the cover itself of the, you know, the Battle of Endor and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with that. Like, yeah. that's, I mean, I've kind of alluded to it because like, it's not really relevant to the actual <laughs> podcast, but like we are going to be moving into like a new office space. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I kind of want to have like some real like decorative feature, like coffee table books and stuff to, to, to show off there. So that well, might be on the list. We mentioned that Han Solo book a while back. We I should... saw it actually. You did. Is yeah. it out? It is. It's Ooh. out now. I, uh, it looks really cool. Um, but it was like wrapped Oh, so you couldn't so even I couldn't flip even it. look through it. What so, the hell? Yeah. And but, it is like 50 bucks or something, which, I mean, I'm not saying like I couldn't buy it, but I was like, eh. Well, I mean, to it being wrapped, it actually makes a lot of sense because you think about like everything that's included. Yeah. There was like your fold outs and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, it, it, I can understand that. Uh, well, it's still cool though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there, I mean, this is all going to start happening uh, at the beginning of summer. Um. And I mean, we still have more books coming out than besides just these. Uh, you know, everyone's still looking forward to Alphabet Squadron, which should be coming out soon. Yep. Yeah. I'm personally looking forward to that. I've, I just started reading the TIE Fighter tie-in series, uh-huh. and that's interesting enough. That's good. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how it all plays out. Uh, so. Yeah, and then uh, I guess also Thrawn Treason is supposed to hit still this summer. Oh, God, I'm so excited, especially now that we've finished Rebels. Yes. Good Lord, what has happened? <laughs> you know what's... No, I, all right. I don't want to get into it. I was just going to say something bad the one thing that i don't like is the fact that i have to hate thrawn right <laughs> well let's just say i mean i would a say that's another classic example of a good villain oh no, no, no. uh the the thanos thing we were talking about like yes. he, everyone's a hero in their own story yeah. yes. i guess we didn't say this on air um, <laughs> maybe we, t- we talked about it before i think we 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 did our kind of sound check to this yeah. so i was projecting into the mic but yeah. uh yeah but it's like you know, I, I appreciate stories even like Game of Thrones where, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes a lot of times the villain is the hero in their own story. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that's it. Just it. Like you can't help but root for Thrawn when you're reading his books. And yes. Stuff like that. Even the original Thrawn trilogy, uh, you know, that's had Luke, Leia and Han in it. Like I was still like. 
God, this guy is good. Yeah. You know? Because you, you could always just be a towering evil like, you know, the Emperor or Darth Vader or something like that. But the calm, cool, collect, like, yeah. just sinister way that Thrawn handled himself is always just like, yeah. uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard yeah. to really kind of beat that. He wasn't, like, especially malicious. You no. Know, he just was doing his job and he was damn good at it. He was tactful. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, he has honor, which is even crazier. Like, that's the kind of stuff that you just don't see. Right. So, to that end, yeah. Watching Rebels was so freaking fun, but it was so crappy that I had to hate Thrawn. Because I was like, why do I love your character so much? And, yeah. like, I just want to hate you, but you're so good <laughs> to everything that's going on. So, yeah. Hello, ladies and gentlemen of our esteemed listening audience. This is Andrew speaking. Uh, unfortunately, we did have a little bit of a malfunction as we turned our discussion towards talking about the legacy of uh, Peter Mayhew. Um, I don't know exactly what or why it happened, apart from saying that it probably wouldn't have been an issue if I had slowed down to look at it for a minute. Uh, but alas, here we are. Uh, I will add our original conversation into the mix in its entirety after this, uh, but just be warned that it's pretty choppy. Uh, the For whatever reason, it seems like there's like missing data packets or something like that. So if you want to sign off here, or at least in a couple minutes, uh, I don't blame you. Uh, for those who don't want to stick around, I will kind of just try to briefly summarize our conversation and, and maybe add a few things that didn't make it to air originally. Uh, so biographically speaking, Peter Mayhew was born May 19th, 1944 in Surrey, England. And notably, he really wasn't a professional actor when he was cast as Chewbacca. Uh, his only other major role, or well, yeah, not even major role, uh, but it was an uncredited appearance in Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, uh, which is a film uh, that also premiered in the summer of 1977 and you know, didn't exactly make waves, uh, particularly in comparison to what Star Wars would go on to do. Um, in fact, the role in Sinbad was so insignificant that after filming, Mayhew returned to his past job as working as an orderly at a hospital in London. Uh, so it kind of puts it into perspective of where this guy came from. Um, when it came to his role in Star Wars, Mayhew was invited to audition by Star Wars producer Gary Kurtz, and allegedly, as soon as he stood up in front of George Lucas, Lucas cast him on the spot. Uh, both he and David Prowse were given a choice between playing either Chewbacca or Darth Vader. Uh, conveniently enough, Mayhew chose Chewie because he wanted to be a hero, while Prowse was all too happy to play the villain. Uh, so kind of good matches for their personalities there. Uh, Mayhew would go on to base his performance as Chewbacca on a number of large animals that he just spent some time observing at the London Zoo uh, in order to kind of lock down some of the unique mannerisms of the character. Uh, you know, overall, Chew or, um, Peter Mayhew played Chewbacca for basically 40 years, um, he, you know, first appeared in Star Wars in 1977, and that runs through 2015 in The Force Awakens. Um, so five different Star Wars films, as well as two Star Wars television programs, uh, the holiday special, and he actually appeared in season three of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, I don't know exactly what he did then, uh, but 
it is a credited appearance on his uh, IMDb, so it must be true, of course. Um, but, you know, in addition to that, he also has made, you know, how many countless guest appearances on different popular media, uh, such as like The Muppet Show and, and other shows like that along the way, uh, you know, in the role of Chewbacca. Uh, you know, as a major brand ambassador for Star Wars. Ever since uh, somewhere along, you know, some time during The Force Awakens, uh, the role has been portrayed by Yuna Suetamu now, uh, Chewbacca that is. Um, during and after the making of The Force Awakens, uh, Peter Mayhew kind of took Suetamu uh, through what is dubbed a Wookiee boot camp uh, to help him appreciate the mannerisms and kind of, you know, make the appearance look more uniform. Uh, you know, famously they do share scenes in the force awakens. Uh, you'll hear this in the part that, uh, Connor and I did together. Um, but you know, I, we kind of suspect that, you know, some of the less active scenes are probably the ones with Mayhew, um, you know, such as like when he and Han first arrive back on the Falcon for the first time in years and Han says to him, Chewie, we're home. And I have to imagine, you know, potentially some of the scenes surrounding Han's demise spoiler, I guess, if you haven't seen the force awakens, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. If you haven't seen the force awakens, um, you know, but I would certainly pin those as Mayhew scenes and maybe some of like the battle scenes from Taco Donna, uh, would be the scenes that uh, Unisuma uh, performed. Um, uh, Mayhew did receive a credit in Star Wars The Last Jedi as a Chewbacca consultant, uh, so he is credited for that film as well. And he uh, famously actually wasn't real involved with Solo, but he did uh, give his... Uh, vote of confidence to Yunisuatamu in his portrayal in Solo, uh, which you know I think for fans of the character Chewbacca, I think that's one of the best portrayals that we really have out there. Uh, you know he kind of gets to do a lot of the things that are alluded to in the original trilogy, but never really came to fruition, and some of that physicality really kind of breaks through in Solo. Um, for what it's worth, uh, part of why we're kind of covering this now is that just over this past weekend, uh, Yunus Uitamu penned a, a really nice uh, memorial to Peter Mayhew in Time magazine. So if you haven't had a chance to read that, you should definitely check it out. Uh, the legacy of the Chewbacca character was, you know, has only grown and expanded in the expanded universe uh, in which you know, Chewie's so-called life debt, which is kind of an expanded universe concept to begin with, uh, you know, expanded from just Han to Han and Leia, and then from Han and Leia onto their children as well. And, you know, it kind of helped to further cement, you know, Chewie's legacy as a protector, or as a protector and a, you know, a lovable uh, furball. Um, you know, Peter Mayhew, uh, outside of Star Wars, I mean, he has a handful of, of credits, but not a lot of, uh, you know, major kind of stories that where he played major roles, you know, he was kind of largely either typecast or kind of reprised either himself personally or some version of Chewbacca in most of the, uh, appearances that he made after star Wars. Um, but he was also, you know, super duper active on the, uh, sci-fi convention scene. Um, you know, and probably, 
uh, you know, has reached out and, and, and directly impacted, you know, hundreds of thousands of people along the way. Um, he's also known for, he actually did a couple of children's books, uh, with his wife, uh, called growing up giant and my favorite giant. So, uh, I think, you know, that would be one of the things that he would like to have his legacy remembered for is, is kind of like his outreach with children. I know he was super involved uh, with the 501st, uh, you know, showing up for a lot of appearances or, or, you know, recording little bits for them or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, and I think that was kind of a, a hallmark of his life outside of Star Wars, you know, directly. Um, but so, you know, once again, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, as I say, I will drop that kind of choppy, crappy stuff in after this. So, uh, if you find that that gets to be too much, uh, our apologies, we'll, we'll do better next time. Thanks and see you later. But to get into it, the big topic today, the only big topic that matters, our man, the man, Peter Mayhew. It... But it really came as a shock um, to hear that he passed away. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, not to kind of, you know, jump on that, but uh, <laughs> so I, I talk often about Star Wars Minute, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite podcasts, but so I'm still on Return of the Jedi. I'm almost done with it now because I'm, I'm trying to catch up so that like by the time they do Last Jedi, I can listen to it live. Yeah. Like in real time. Yeah. That'd be cool. Because uh, they're, they're, they're now in credits of The Force Awakens. Oh my goodness. So, um, and like, and when they say Star Wars minute, I mean, they do every minute. From, yeah. So it's a minute solid of just random names from the food catering or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, <laughs> and it was probably a lot simpler when they were just doing the original trilogy and like, there wasn't a lot of that stuff mentioned, but, Oh yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure it's a lot worse as they get into the prequels and then the sequels. Um, but anyway, uh, but they were just talking about how they had done an appearance at Star Wars celebration in 2015. Hmm. And they did a couple live episodes there. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they like went to, there is a, a Star Wars bar in Anaheim called Scum and Villainy. That sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to check that out while I'm up there. Although I don't know how much I could drink to then drive back to San Diego. Um, but anyway, they said that like while they were there, like Peter Mayhew was just hanging out, chilling, just like being a mensch. And like, they were like, yeah, he's, he's just the embodiment of Chewbacca. He's so cool. Yeah. I remember hearing a thing that I, I heard about uh, Peter Mayhew saying that, like, when he was first offered, you know, a role in Star Wars, originally uh, George wanted him to be Darth Vader. Yes. But he said, no, nah, I want to play the hero. And that's why he went with Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah. And apparently, incidentally, like, David Prowse was told, like, yeah, I want to be the villain. Oh, yeah. So he's, like, they, big bodybuilder guy. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. So then yeah. he, you know, so that's how they kind of ended up in their respective roles, which is cool. It's very cool, and it's even funnier to think that like neither one of them like spoke their own lines; they were just that person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they did both speak their lines on set. Yeah, which is really funny because yeah. right, so we, uh, uh, Brandon had sent us a uh, a clip of Chewbacca mm-hmm. talking. Yes, and uh, I had seen before. There's there's a video out there if you listen to like David Bruce's like original voice yeah. as Darth Vader. <laughs> yes. It's like I want those labels found or yeah. whatever. Like he is like such weird. You know, it was is it like Irish Scottish bro? Yeah, yeah. I think he's. Like, I believe David Prowse is uh, Scottish. Yeah. 
but it just like can yeah. you imagine if that like, stuck yeah and like his voice doesn't have it's surprisingly high pitched for like as big as he was yeah or well is i mean he's still with us actually it's, um compared to the, who, what character is now like how yeah. you know darth vader for like the deep resonant voice yeah and it's just like your powers have doubled since last time or whatever like yeah. you know, it just was weird it doesn't make yeah. any sense <laughs> But yeah, and to that end, like hearing uh, Peter Mayhew actually speak on set's kind of funny. You can actually like hear what you know Han's hearing right. in a way. Like, yeah. like Han's the only one who feasibly understands Shriwook through this entire thing, right? <laughs> well, if you believe the holiday special, that is one hundred percent for sure. Yeah, you put a smile on for me, Mom. That's right. You know, it's just like <laughs> come on. But yeah, so it's just like it. It's just ridiculous. I don't know, I, but yeah, just to hear him talk. It is just kind of like it's really weird. He's like. It was a. I think it was the moment like whenever uh, Han and Luke and all of them are in like the security room when they first get to the Death Star and they're disguised as stormtroopers or whatever, and Obi Wan just jets out and he's and like all of a sudden this is the part where Chewie does this and then Han like yeah you telling me where'd you pick up this old fossil you know yeah. that one thing, but I think it was like actually Peter Mayhew going like what a strange old man or something something yeah. similar you know yeah. And what's interesting about that is that a lot of other characters, um, you know, if like Jabba is a good example of this, and I, I guess it's partially because of like the, you know, the puppeteering that was required. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, everything that he would actually say, like, is like a one-to-one syllable translation to actual English. Yeah. Because like, in order to operate the puppet's mouth, like the puppeteer to... had to basically say exactly what it was in English. Uh, um, it was easy to just go the oh, 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 oh. yeah <laughs> but so that was a you know, so that's a change um you know that, that peter could just kind of like actually say what he meant without having to necessarily worry about timing of it and, yeah. and fitting it into the dialogue so yeah and it's it's just still nice to think that's how they were able to do it but uh, i mean to get out of, we were saying before that he's been doing i mean he was doing it for over 50 years practically yeah, and I mean, uh, well, it's, 40. 40, yeah, but it, he's been he's been involved with the property ever since they uh, you know first cast him as Chewbacca all the way up until the Force Awakens, mm-hmm. and then he was a consultant for the last two big projects that were out there. Yeah, but his last official like you know role besides uh, the Force Awakens was actually whatever like I can't do it. I'm, that's just, <laughs> I'm messing it up. I'd have to like gargle or something. Yeah, you gave it a good shot. I gave it a good shot. I'm not. I could do land. I can't do Chewy to save mine. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, um, I was just kind of shocked. I mean, I remember when I heard uh, that it had happened. Um, Eva was like in the other room. I think I went outside. I was having a cigarette, and she uh, was just like, "Oh," and I'm like, "What?" And she goes, "Nothing." I said, (laughs) "Okay," and I was just like, I remember I was scrolling on my phone. And I saw it was like Peter Mayhew had died. And I said, oh, my God. And she goes, what? And I said, Peter Mayhew's just died. She's like, yeah, I just saw that. And I said, why did you say it? <laughs> yeah, why did you say nothing? And she's like, I wouldn't want to upset you. And it's like, well, it's, <laughs> well, too, it's late. too late now. Yeah, seriously. So, yeah. It was a cute little interchange with her, but it was funny. Yeah, um, yeah that was kind of, I mean, for me, I will say, like, that was, you know, I was kind of on social media embargo, mm. so to speak. Oh, that's right, because you had I hadn't days. seen, yeah, I hadn't yeah. seen Avengers yet. Um, yeah. yeah, so I, I mean, I think it kind of, you know, came up in our group chat that we were having, and, and yeah, like, I, I think I genuinely just kind of, like, was sitting on the couch, like, I, I was either like, playing video games or, like, watching hockey or something, and just, like... Anything. Kind of, like, bummed out, you know, just kind of had to veg for 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, and I think, you know, the, the thing that is so sad about like 
with Peter Mayhew. I mean, obviously, he, I mean, he lived a great life. I mean, and he lived to 74, which is no small feat for somebody of his size. And now every, all the surgeries that he's had to have. Yeah, I mean, he had like spinal surgery just last year. Yeah, and then well, he had knee surgery when he was just like a lot younger because yeah. like something was up with it. So he could barely even walk. Yeah, and I think he had to have both knees done again, like <sighs> following Force Awakens or something like that. Something, yeah. Um, uh, you know, but it is, it's just a reminder of like the mortality of the characters, you know, particularly from the original trilogy, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, cause I mean, you look at, you know, even, I mean, I'm not saying anything bad is going to happen to him, but you look at a guy like Harrison Ford who's older than Peter Mayhew was. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, wow. Like it's scary. Yeah. You know, you know that generation is, is you know, quickly all of a sudden starting to, uh, to fall. I mean, when you think about like that original four if you will of you know Han and Chewie and Luke and Leia we only have half of it left yeah and, and then if you extend out to 3PO and R2D2 uh, Kenny Baker had passed a few years ago right um so then we have three left yeah <laughs> and then you know with any luck Lando will make it out of the last movie unscathed yeah. we'll have four left but, yeah you know I mean it, it's just it, it's just still kind of like it's just one of those things. I remember, like when Carrie Fisher passed away, it was just like you never would have thought it would happen. Right, and you, know? you like you can't imagine you know your heroes such as they are, like you know being mortal in a sense. Yeah, um, but that also just speaks to the character of Chewbacca, mm-hmm. the fact that you know Chewie, you know, no matter what, if if his original you know actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, has passed away. He could still live on in many different forms. I mean, I think some of Chewbacca's most memorable moments come from just in the books. Right. You know, like, I were just falling in love with his, like, little arcs um, in the Thrawn trilogy. Like, yeah. you know, he was just, he was super protective of Leia and, yes. like, it became her, like, because he extended his life to her. Like, right. it's her whole family and everything. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, as the, uh, as the, the expanded universe goes on like that continues to grow mm-hmm. you know so as han and Leia have more children you know he protects, like, he them, protects them all yeah and then his family comes in and protects them even more yeah yeah and so, uh, uh lumpy actually comes back kind of to pick up the life debt it's Waru for short so <laughs> i read the book <laughs> uh, i'm just gonna call him i'm cool with that <laughs> nah you're right but yeah so i mean it's 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 very sad it's it's heartbreaking but as we were saying before He's going to live on. Uh, the new actors they have for him, uh, we've learned how to pronounce his name successfully. Yeah. Let's, on three. One, two, three. Eunice Otamio. What do you said? <laughs> <laughs> Eunice Otamio, or whatever. Wait. Eunice yeah. Otamio. Siotamo. Either way, Eunice, uh, he picked up the reins in uh, The Force Awakens. Yes. Uh, and he went on to actually train him for the whole movie in The Last Jedi as well as, as in, in Solo. Solo. Yeah. And Peter Mayhew gave his seal of approval, which was a big deal for him. Yeah. When you think about it, like it's like we were saying before, like imagine you're the character who's, you know, just happens to be the right height and everything for it, right? Yeah. And you know, you you're made for this role. And you know, the person who created this character that so many people love, just his mannerisms and everything alone, like you know, to have that person tell you that you're going to do great and like whatever happens, I give you, you know, full reign to just keep at it, keep with it. It's like, it has to, it had to make him feel so great. And like, yeah. I mean, we had a couple articles we were reading just saying that like with him giving the blessing and everything like that, you like Eunice is very confident in himself uh, for you know many projects to come. And honestly, some of the stuff that Eunice has done with the character have been some of my favorite moments. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, obviously I think, uh, you know, it is kind of 
again, one of those kind of quiet reflection moments where it's like, yeah, you know, I think some of Chewie's best stuff definitely comes in slow. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, you know, I don't know that he has a whole lot to do in Last Jedi. No, he's, he pretty uh, much just hangs out by the Falcon while they're on uh, while they're training. Yeah. He'll eat a bird or two and then become friends with them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he gets, you know, he has his awesome flying scene, which we've, I've talked about ad nauseum at, at this point. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's not a lot of like physicality. No, whereas... the only, I was at the old physical part was when he just busts the door down. Right. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously in solo, he has a lot to do. I yeah. Mean, probably some of his, his most kind of physical. It was some of the performance to date. It was some of the great stuff you ever saw. Like yeah. you actually got to see him rip some arms yeah. out of sockets yeah. and stuff Prove like that. Prove that it wasn't just a myth. Yeah. Oh, and did, oh, I think my favorite part was just seeing him take one of the guards on Kessel and just kind of pile drive him mm-hmm. into the ground. Like just the way he like bodily picks him up, like grabs him by the belt and the collar and just kind of and then throws him on his head. Like that dude's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who you tell. Like he's not stunned. Like I'm pretty sure his head's turned backwards and to the left side. Yeah. Like his spine's all like cracked out. Like it's just, it's not good. Yeah. So. But yeah, yeah, like no, absolutely. <laughs> and then I mean, yeah, I mean, he, you know, as much physicality as he had behind his tacking and whatever, like he also had humor. Yeah, you know, like there. I mean, it's subtle sometimes, but like you know, he played the part of you know the companion more or less, like right. really well. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, absolutely. And and one of the things that I liked, I mean, and, and to put it into perspective, you know, why we think it's worth it to still talk about Peter Mayhew, even though we are, you know, probably very much towards the tail end of that. I mean, just this past weekend, uh, uh, Eunice. See, now you're going to make me mess it up. Sorry. I said it right the first time. The Jonas brother. Yunus Suitamu. Suitamu, yes. Uh, That's what I said. He actually, I mean, he kind of wrote an article that was picked up by Time Magazine. Yeah. You know, one of the, uh, the I mean, most widely distributed magazines out there. I say I heard of it. Yeah. It's about um, time. No. But, like, within that, he kind of details how the, you know, how even within Force Awakens, like... You know, there there's no telling them apart who's playing Chewbacca at what time. I couldn't. Yeah. Just save my like, life. I mean, I kind of want to go back and watch that now because I mean, one thing I've I've learned, like even you know, listening to Star Wars Minute or other podcasts, is like if you pay a lot of attention, and this has actually been going around on uh, Reddit. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw this, Connor. What's up? It's like a scene from Phantom Menace where apparently Samuel L. Jackson was busy, so it's just a random guy, like no. walking. Yeah. It's like during the funeral, like head of the funeral procession in the coronation of, uh, um, wait of a Palpatine. Okay. Like on Naboo and like all the Jedi masters are there. Right. And like, it's presumed to be Mace Windu, but it's not Samuel L. Jackson. Hold on a second. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God damn. I'll have to show it to you before you leave. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, I, like I said, I, I put that movie on like a couple weeks ago just for something to watch. Yeah. But I'll, I'll, I should watch that. That's, that's interesting. But yeah, but it's like, you know, there are instances where you can figure out that, oh yeah, this isn't actually like, it's not Tony Daniels in the, uh, in the three pro costume or it's not, uh, you know, like, like some of the scenes with Vader and Luke in Return of the Jedi I and mean, obviously like their actual fight, there was a stunt man in was, the costume. He was like a swordsmaster. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But he was only, you know, he was like six foot instead of like six foot six David Prowls. Yeah. Like and there are a few shots where you can kind of tell that he's not much taller than the right size. Yeah. I would say, like, if I had to put it on the top of my head when it comes to, like, the Force Awakens ones, I'd say it's almost any time that he's not moving around. Obviously, we were just saying as much that, like, he had a lot of surgery towards the end. But my thought is that, like, if, if Chewbacca was going to be, like, if it was going to be Peter... All right. Just this shot of Han Solo saying, Chewie, we're home. 
I say that's Mayhew. Oh, absolutely. And then when at the end, when it's Ray and Chewie in the cockpit and Chewie looks over at Ray, I say that's Mayhew there. But when it comes to other moments where it's like they're running around on Taco Donna and stuff like that, I'd say that's definitely the young Jonas like doing his thing. Yeah. So. I would agree with that. Some of like the like the kind of demands of the of those scenes would seem to suggest that you needed to be younger. A little younger, yeah. Plus, I also can just take the fact of thinking that like Peter Mayhew had to take a shot to the arm. You know, yeah. as Chewbacca, like, I would hope that it would be the younger side of him or something. Yeah. But I don't know. That's just me. So. Uh, but to Peter Mayhew, you will forever be in our hearts. Your life debt has now been paid. And thank you for being, making some of the childhood moments of my life just all the more fun. Um, I feel like when it comes to uh, trying to tell people about Star Wars and have, like, no inkling on how you know how they would even want to do it i always say like if you're gonna you know try and look anything about this series everyone loves chewbacca yes you know you may not agree on how the force works you may not care about lightsabers you may not care about the empire the first order what have you anything like that but chewbacca is always gonna be one of those people who just kind of comes out and you know it, it'll stay with you because it's just such a lovable character and a strong character at that he's loyal he's strong he's caring and it's going to be sad to see him not a part of it. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, I mean, I believe he even made it to this past uh, celebration. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I know that, I mean, obviously he was huge on the, uh, you know, con kind of circuit. Yeah. So, I, mean, I feel like he not only, uh, you know, not only the actual role in the films, but just, you know, I think he was, he was always described as, you know, somebody that you could walk up to and, and have a conversation with. I do remember seeing him at least once at a Steel City con, but I think I was too like timid to go say hi at the yeah. time you know yeah so. i think that's one of those parting kind of thoughts that you know i think he probably whether he he really recognizes it or not he's probably helped out you know hundreds of thousands of people around the way. world yeah so we will miss you buddy and we hope that your character lives on for generations and generations after that so all right i had a good time I had a great time, and then it got set. <laughs> now you make me seem like a butt wipe. No, I wasn't trying to do that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's just like, we were all, like, up in the air and everything, and then we started talking down. It's like, mm-hmm, okay. Yeah, you know? <laughs> no, it, it kind of, like, <laughs> dropped off, like, you know, getting a very waxing nostalgic, I guess. I'm sorry, yeah. But, yeah, um, I'm, no, 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 I, I just, I, I figured that's how everyone kind of looks at it or yeah. whatever. But no, I, I agree. I, th- I mean, it's, it's not going to be the same without, uh, yeah. you know. We shall raise our glasses to the holiday special. Yes. And, uh, you know, <laughs> hopefully we'll make that like a yearly thing now or something. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Yeah. Mm. I would do that. What I'd, the hell? I would get back into it. I've, now that I've, like, survived it, it's like, okay, I can do this again. <laughs> I would like to, if we did do it, like, you know, as we were saying, I'll try and do it every year. Like, get somebody new and just ask them the experience yeah. on it or something. <laughs> so. And then I'd be on to something there. What the hell? Um, yeah, I, I guess... Um, not to kind of take words out of your mouth, Connor, but you know, let's, uh, I guess we can kind of start to wrap this up. Yeah. You know, we are Greedo Shop First. You can find us on Facebook, uh, subscribe on iTunes, Check or us wherever out. you get podcasts. Check us out at Reggie's, po- uh, yeah. Reggie's House Podcasts.com. While you're there, check out, uh, the games and app podcast. We actually just appeared with them, uh, like last week ish. Yeah. They're at, 
well, at the time that we're recording, probably not the time that you're listening to this, yes. we appeared on our last episode. Yes, of course, yes. Uh, but we will probably not, ha- I probably won't have this up until sometime tomorrow, at which point we'll have their next episode up, so then it'll be like two episodes ago. Exactly. We so, did a May the 4th kind of thing. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we did a, like a top five game review. Yes. And then we did like a combined list. Yes. So... Um, Hope everyone enjoys. Yeah, <laughs> and and we also got the Rust Belt Roosters there. Um, I guess I I will take a moment to uh, extend my condolences to uh, Mike, my co-host there. Um, who, he actually just lost his father last week. Yeah, uh, I mean, really, really sad. Um, in fact, I think a lot of what I've been emanating in the last couple of minutes is like kind of just tying back to that. Yeah, as much as anything. No, um, it's. You know, it's never anything easy to handle. Yeah, and so I mean, I I actually I kind of want to make an announcement regarding that podcast, but I'll save it for another time. Please. Um, and yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully there actually should be some new new content cranking out there soon. Nice. Yeah. Um, so we'll keep you posted. Yeah, I like the sound of that. You know what? All things considered, I had a great time. Did you have a good time? No boring conversation, anyway. I bet it was.